Hello, my name is Jimena Gomez and I am a sophomore at Providence Baptist College. Welcome to Maverick Messages, where you will hear the soul-stirring sermons that we hear each and every school day. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. Luke chapter 10, stand with me please for just a couple of minutes. Look at verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. That word cumbered means distracted or uh, worried. She was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I'll talk a little bit about one thing is needful. I told my wife, I said, um, it's Valentine's Day. Should I talk about relationships? I said, man, we can talk about how to be the right kind of person. Because if you want the right person to, to date and to marry, then you ought to be the right person, right? And if, if, you, if you want a good one, you better be a good one. Amen. But I just, I mean, I stayed up and I studied and I struggled. I just realized, you know, the best relationship that leads to all good relationships is your relationship with God. Because if your relationship with God's wrong, your relationship with everybody else is going to be wrong too. So I want to talk a little bit about one thing that is needful. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We ask you to bless the preaching of it, that you would touch every life, that you would challenge all of us with our proper relationship, our love life with you. Help us to do that which is pleasing to you and everything. But Lord, help us remember that what we do should flow from what we are, that what we should focus on is our time with you. And then the activity can flow from that. Lord, help us to abide in you, your words to abide in us, so that we might fulfill that which is pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find here a, a, a Martha that's a good woman. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Martha's a good lady. She's active. She's busy. She's intent. She has intensity. She's getting stuff done. And she's also worried about many things. I think so many times as Christians, we live in a world that causes us to be very double, triple, quadruple minded. We're always trying to keep the plate spinning, you know? Uh, have you ever, you ever seen those, those plate spinners and they'll start a plate and they'll start another plate and start another plate, start another plate, start another plate, and they're going back and they're keeping them going and feels like that's the way our lives are a lot of times. We're trying to just get stuff done. And there's nothing wrong with being busy people. Busy people, if they're busy in the right way, can keep themselves from being busy in the wrong ways. There's something that is, I think is a replacement perspective that we find in life. Uh, just from the very beginning, back in Genesis, you got Cain and Abel. Cain brings the wrong sacrifice. Abel brings the right sacrifice. And Cain gets mad because God has respect to Abel's sacrifice and not to his. 
And God says to him, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. So if you're not doing well, then, you're, then you have the opportunity to do wrong. Does that make sense? So, so if you do well, then, then the results will be good things. If you don't do well, there's an opportunity always abounding around you for you to do something else rather than the good thing that you should have been doing. So it's good to stay busy. But unfortunately, too many of us equate busyness with spirituality. We equate the fact that we're, we're, we're active and can't you see all the things that I'm doing and look at all my accomplishments and we sometimes miss the one thing that's needful. Bible college students, it's a notorious place to backslide. When you came here, having come out of a home where your bills were provided for, your parents made sure you got to school on time. They made sure supper was on the table. They made sure that things were pretty good in your life. A lot of you had a pretty good walk with God because you've been called to preach and you knew that God wanted to use you and you wanted to do the right thing with your life. And then you got to Bible college and you got real busy. And you become cumbered about much serving. Notice what it says there in verse 41. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about, what, is the, what are those two words? Many things. Many things. You get many things on the mind. Oh, did I get that project done? Did I read that book? Did I go there? Did I do this? Did I, did I, did I, did I file my taxes? And so many times we miss the one thing that's needful because we're worried about the many things. But one thing is needful. Mary had chosen the good part. What is that good part? Well, we find her sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. I wonder how many, how many times this last week you sat at the feet of Jesus. Didn't just talk to him and tell him what you wanted, but you listened to what he said and what he wanted you to know. Didn't just... Tell him all the things you got going on. And please, Lord, help me to stay healthy. Because if I get sick right now, I can't, I can't, it's not going to work. I'm going to miss too many classes. I'm going to mess up too many things. I'm going to lose my job. And, and we get so focused on many things. We've got to ask ourselves, are we more concerned with duty or devotion? I've heard a lot of messages about duty, and I don't think you ought to shirk your duty. Amen. But duty alone is of very little value because without Jesus, we can do nothing. We're to abide in the vine. We're to spend time with Him. We're to remember that He is to be the love of our life. What is the first and great commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, right? So we know we're supposed to love God supremely. Does our schedule look like that? Or does it look like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff for him. I mean, my love language toward God is, is acts of service. You know, my wife, my wife, she's, she's that person that likes acts of service done towards her. That's her love language. My love language is words of affirmation. Tell me how good I am, Jessica. Please tell me how good I am. And uh, she doesn't like that one. 
I said, no, no, I, I, didn't, marry, I didn't marry you to, for you to just perform your love language on me. I don't care about your actual service that much. I just want to hear about how much you love me. But she doesn't want to hear my just words of affirmation all the time. Either she wants to see things. And so there's a balance there, right? There's a balance. But how much time do you spend with God? I know there's only 24 hours in a day. I know that you're stretched. That's what Bible college does. By the way, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's called growing up. It's called being prepared. Uh, it's not as intense as a boot camp is for a military man, but without boot camp, what would a military man be? Let's just be honest. It would be very difficult for them to do the things they need to do without the proper training. And it's very difficult for you to do the things you need to do without the proper training. And some of that's going to be stretching you. But you got to know that weapon. And you got to know exactly what it says. You got to know what it means. You got to study it. You got to allow it to speak to you. Some of us only read the Bible to study, and that's not good. Read the Bible for devotion. Sit at Jesus' feet. I asked duty or devotion. Secondly, activity or affection. Activity or affection. When, what is your purpose? What is your focus? Listen, if you, if you burn out now, we might say, well, they weren't, they weren't able to hack it. But it might just be that you would not be a, a casualty if you would just spend time with God. You don't want to be a casualty. When you're casual with God, you'll be a casualty in life. You got to be intense with God. Listen, my my wife and I, we got a lot going on. We got, you know, I pastor a church. I teach here. Uh, she's she's busy doing a bunch of other stuff. We got five children. But if we don't spend time one on one, our relationship suffers, and every other aspect of our life suffers as well. But if I don't spend time with my God, I won't even be able to spend proper time with my wife. I think that we think that if, if we're busy and we're active and we're cumbered about and troubled about many things, that this is enough, and it's not. What is the one thing that is needful? There's another time when Jesus talked to the rich young ruler, and he told him that there was one thing that he lacked. He said, you've been keeping all these commandments from your youth, but one thing you lack, you're unwilling to give up all the things and the stuff for me. Go sell all you have and come follow me. It's got to be about me and you. Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac. I want you to go up to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him for me. Did God really want the child or did he want the man? It wasn't the Isaac that he wanted, it was the Abraham that he wanted. And we need to understand that God doesn't necessarily want all your stuff and all your things and all your time and all this activity and stress and cumbered about and troubled. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants you to spend time with him. Learn to slow down and say, okay, I may not be able to get everything done, but I won't get anything done if I don't spend time with God. You find Mary. Mary's spending time at Jesus' feet. Now, some have talked about whether this is the same Mary as the woman that 
was an unnamed woman in Mark and in uh, uh, Luke that anointed Jesus. We do find her named as Mary, the, the, the sister of, of Martha and Lazarus, when she's anointing Jesus in John. So we don't know if it's the same one, but think about this. If this is the same, this is the same Mary, and we know that she was at least Mary uh, in, in these places. It could be that she's Mary Magdalene as well. We don't know. But I, I don't want to be dogmatic where the Bible is silent. But I do want to say that when you follow it along through there, it sure seems like it's the same woman. It's at a man named Simon's house uh, that, that an alabaster box is broken, and we find that there's this definite push toward this being probably the same woman. If, the, if, if that is Mary Magdalene, then not only do we find her at Jesus' feet being taught, not only do we find her at Jesus' feet anointing his feet, not only do we find him at Jesus' feet weeping over a brother's death, but we also find him at Jesus' feet rejoicing in the resurrection beyond the tomb. But one thing we find about Mary is that Mary's always at Jesus' feet. And I don't know if that is your and my testimony or not. People can say, wow, they're a good person to get a lot accomplished. But how much time do we spend at Jesus' feet? Do we, do we spend a lot of time for, but not a lot of time with? How many of you have dads? I, mean, I don't want to ask that question. But I can guarantee you this. You, some of you have dads that they spend a lot of time providing for you, but you wish they would have spent a little more time with you. And there were times in your childhood and especially in your teenage years where you're like, will you please just come home and spend time with me? Will you throw the football with me? Will you throw the baseball with me? You're always busy, and I know you're doing it for me, but will you do it with me? And how many times would God, our Father, who has provided all things for us, richly to enjoy, every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father of light, with whom there's no variables, near shadow of turning, how much time would he just like to say, hey, you could come see me. Could spend time together. One thing is needful. Let's build a relationship. Listen, I want your I want your relationships to last. Some of you guys got your little red matching outfits on today. You've had breakfast together. You've bought her coffee. You've sent her flowers, or you've done something special for her. I'm going to tell you something. Those things are nice. But if it's not just about you and you together, it's really not that much value. And the things that we do for God are nice. And we should. There should be a natural outflow. I want to I put it this way. We are not producers. We're conduits. He's the producer and he conducts through us. But as we abide... As we stay connected to the vine, he produces fruit through us. So I think sometimes we're out here trying to manufacture fruit. And it's not something that we can do on our own. Without him, we can do nothing. And yet we're getting going to ministry. And we're to set the world on fire. And don't spend any time with God. You say, well, you don't know my life. Well, man, I walk into your room and you're sleeping in bed to the last possible minute to get up to go to class. I know who I'm talking to because I was you. I was you. 
I know you're working a lot of hours. I know you're putting in a lot of effort. I know you got a lot of projects. I know you're learning a lot of verses. I know you're a lot, doing a lot of things. Your weekend is totally spoken for and you didn't even speak up. Five hours here and three hours there and seven hours on a bus route on a Sunday. Yeah, I know. Maybe some of you guys didn't have that, but I, was, I never had a bus route closer than like an hour away. I know. Spend time with Jesus. Jesus spent time with Martha and Mary and he gave them just as much time together as they wanted. Martha was cumbered about much serving. Mary said, I want to sit at Jesus' feet. You determine whether you want to be Martha or Mary. That's your own determination. I know that you say, well, I don't have as much time as somebody else. 24 hours in a day. While right now, when you don't have a wife and kids, maybe you ought to get your relationship with God proper. Because I can guarantee you, the pressures just come more. And I know, I know that well, you, don't, you don't put in the same type of hours we do. Sometimes I do. I was bivocational pastor for over 10 years. I know that that's not what your hope is. I, ho- I know you're hoping that I'm going to only work a bunch of hours right now so that I can go into ministry and live a cushy life. Anybody smiling? Okay. Oh, it's supposed to be funny. But it may not be that way. And even if it is where you don't have to work a second job, listen, pressure's there. Your marriage is there. Your kids are there. Outside pressures, inward persuasion, frustrations, things you can't figure out. There's one source that you can go to and find hope and help. We find that Jesus, if Mary of Bethany is Mary Magdalene, which she may or may not be, but if she was, there were seven devils that were gone. The other person that anointed Jesus was considered by the man in the house there. His name was Simon. She was considered a great sinner. And Jesus portrayed this story in the book of Luke of a man that had been indebted and forgiving. And he said, who's going to love more? And the man answered, the one who's been forgiven most. I think the reason why some of us struggle to spend time with God is because we've never seen our sin as exceeding sinful and our past as detrimental and, and that we were worthy and destined for hell. And we forget that if our past and our future did not have a conversion in the middle of it, that our future would be just as bleak as our past. And we forget to sit at the feet of the one who loved us and gave himself for us and took away our problems and changed our lives and moved us from glory to glory and, and, and given us opportunity to, to not just... I say glory to glory. I was, I was preaching to my church on Sunday out of 2 Corinthians where there's the glory of the law. It was such a glorious thing that the face of Moses shone till the day he died when he got it from God. 
And that glory is completely uh, brought to a much lower level when you see the glory of Christ. The law was a glorious thing that showed us light and showed us that we, 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 we were up against sin. It was a beautiful thing. And yet the glory of Christ was so much more. And we're changed from the glory of that which showed us we were a sin sinner to the glory of that which shows us that we're righteous in Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And we see that, boy, it was the word of God that did that, that showed me I was a sinner. And it's the word of God that showed me that I'm a, I'm a saint. And Jesus is the living word. And what a blessing he is. We've been moved from that which was, it was a glorious thing, but it was, it was death unto those that are dead. And it's life unto those that are alive. And it's a wonderful blessing to have that type of understanding in our lives. And yet, so many times we forget that without him, we can do nothing. That without him, we'd still be lost. Then came Jesus. Jesus into my life, soothed my broken heart with each. I don't know what happened in your life, but I know that when I got saved, boy, my life changed. Oh, I was young. There were times I didn't appreciate it like I do now. But if I don't spend much time at Jesus' feet, I'll find myself very cumbered about much serving. And I'll find myself burnt out bitter, asking Jesus for somebody to come help me because look at all I'm doing. Why is nobody helping me? Why does Mary get to sit there? Don't you see what I'm doing for you? And instead of Mary going, hey, Jesus, I, I would love to serve you a meal right now, but I'm, I'm enjoying this time together. Do you, do you mind telling me a little bit more about redemption? Do you mind working in my life a little bit more about the grace of God and how much you can mean in me? <coughs> Martha was troubled. She was distracted. She was getting stuff done instead of spending time with Jesus. And, and I, I know that maybe you, you don't know this quite as much, but if somebody always says they like you, but they don't have time to spend with you, they, you pretty much figure they don't like you. And if love is spelled often T-I-M-E by our kids, it's probably also spelled T-I-M-E by a lot of other people. If you don't have time for me, I don't really feel like you love me. There have been times when I just wanted somebody to stop by and say hi. And when they didn't, they would say, hey, man, I love you, praying for you. I'm like, come see me. Come see me. If I come home and my wife has no time to sit down and talk to me, I'm busy. Well, I'm busy too. We don't have a lot of love being shared when we don't spend time together. And I wonder how much love we share with the Lord when we don't spend time with Him. You say, well, I've got five minutes. Show me your social media usage. Let's see your screen time. got time. Yes, you do. So why aren't you spending it with Jesus? Mary chose the needful thing. And when you remember your past and what your future would look like without Jesus, 
you also will want to adore the one that came to change your life too. Jesus said it this way, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't say keep my commandments that will make you love me more. We get the cart before the horse. Are you telling me we shouldn't do acts of service? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying your methods matter, but your motives matter more. Motive. Love. Simon, do you love me? What was he asking that question for? Well, because Peter had just declared his never dying love for Jesus. But we'll also forsake thee, yet not will I. What did he do if he forsook him? He forsook the place of prayer first. Right? Oh, maybe before that he was fighting about who was going to be greatest in the kingdom. It became about Peter rather than about Jesus. I, I will never fail you. Before, before the next morning, the cock's going to crow and you're going to deny me three times. No, 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 it ain't going to ever happen. But when you don't spend time with the Lord, you don't spend time at his feet, anything can happen. Simon, do you love me? You promised me you're never dying in love. You promised me your loyalty, and yet you denied me three times. You failed. You're discouraged. You don't add up to your own expectations, but I want to give you another opportunity. Do you love me? So I'm, not here, I'm not here to bash you about this morning or yesterday or last week or last month, but I am here to challenge you with the fact that if you've been failing at sitting at Jesus' feet and loving him, it's time to get back on the wagon. It's time to get back on board. It's back, time to get back up on the horse and say, okay, Lord, I've not loved you like I should, but I do want to spend more time with you. I don't want this just to be about duty. I want this to be about devotion. I don't want this just to be about activity. I want this to be about adoration and affection. I want to spend time with you. Not just time for, time with. Why? Because he's worthwhile. Is he precious? His blood was precious. Let us apply to your account. His word is precious. When we hear it, and he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But is our time with him precious? When's the last time you said, oh, Lord God, I know that I only love you because you love me first, but I sure do want to show you how much I love you. He said, Peter, do you love me? Because if you do, feed my sheep, carry out my work. Be converted. Strengthen your brethren. Get back on board. Be committed again. Why? Because love changes everything. Love changes everything. When we take the love that we ought to have for God and love the world, but what a, what a terrible thing that is. Boy, that's idolatry. We don't like to face our idolatry very much, do we? Mary had chosen that one thing that's meaningful. She's chosen the good part. Don't be cumbered about many things. Choose the one thing. Thank you for listening to another Maverick message. We hope this sermon was as much a blessing to you as it was to us. 